This is The Tortoise, the podcast, the podcast. sorry, apologies. What do I say? <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> We're leaving this in. Great. Uh, something about the possibilities of slow. Yeah. Welcome. Of endless possibilities. Sure. How well, are you? I'm Brooke McCallery. I'm Ben McCallery. And welcome to this very much a podcast because we are plodding along. Aren't we just? As a as mentioned in the previous episode, mm-hmm. we're going to talk uh, today about addiction. Yep. This is something that you lobbed at the end of last episode out of the blue and I'm very happy to uh, to, to dig into it. Yeah. Interesting topic. And very. I think we probably should start by saying we are not professionals. In might, any sense of the word. It, it, well, I mean, let's listen to the intro again to get a good <laughs> sense of that. But yeah, like this topic is is and could be triggering, triggering for people. Absolutely. So first thing, and being genuinely serious here, um, I will include a list of resources for places that you can go for help if this conversation does kind of raise issues for you regarding addiction or behaviors that are distressing. Um, What we talk about, what we're going to talk about is pretty much steeped in our own personal experiences and very much not meant to be um, advice, personalized advice at all. Uh, And I, I, I think it's important for us to say that because addiction can be an incredibly debilitating you know, life-altering um, condition to deal with. And I don't want us to seem like we're either making light of it or um, offering. Professionals exactly. in, in any sense of the word. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, just a caveat to start, I guess. Well, it's, an imp- it's important, yeah. I think, Before truly. we jump in. Yeah. Let's jump in. All right. Let's start. Because... Yes, I was the one that mentioned this right at the end of the last episode is something that I wanted to talk about for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking about the way that the way that I'm working at the moment, like professionally working, mm-hmm. and just the amount on and the complete overwhelm that I'm feeling at the moment. Um I made light of it in like uh, when I was talking about the five day working week, uh, because the four day working week I should say, not the six day working week, um, because yeah, that's what it it, it is. Uh, it's completely overwhelming my, my life at the moment. And you made a comment that I was addicted to productivity or work or something. I don't know what the exact words you use, mm-hmm. but it got me thinking, and it got me thinking in the context of. It's so easily to become addicted to something these days. Yeah. In this day and age. Yeah. Like really, really easy because the tools and things that have been created for productivity are are basically so addictive Mm -hmm. that it's like this never-ending circle of wanting to do more and you know how much more can you fit in and what else can you do and how much more activities can you do because I'm just thinking about like my professional life compared to 20 years ago mm-hmm. so the you know the internet has changed everything and the and the tools now developed through the internet to make your life more productive how do you get more productive yeah so the world is is geared to adding, adding more to do, adding more to see, adding more information, adding more requirements of our time, adding, 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 adding. Yeah. And because of the advent of smartphones, the internet, that sort of stuff, it's put it all front and center. Front and I and think center. that that um, like addiction is in the literally in the palm of your hand. Sure. Yeah. Of course. So let's just let's rewind a sec because I think it's important to look at what. Um, what we mean when we're talking about addiction. Mm. So there's physical addictions, there's drugs, 
caffeine, booze, you know, that kind of stuff. That's a physical substance addiction. Um, and again, links in the bottom of the show notes over at the tortoise. Um, if that's something that you want to find more about, uh, there's also behavioral addictions, which I think is probably more what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. And that's to things like, um, screens, shopping, gambling, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's not a, a physical requirement that your body is seeking that substance, but it's a behavioral requirement. And maybe mm. you, the, the addiction comes from whatever response you get from your brain or your body. Um, and I think that maybe opening out the definition a little more to include like obsessive behaviors. And I think that would probably, everyone listening, I certainly know it would apply to me in various ways, like obsessive behaviors um, to things like social media and our phones and busyness and, you know, whatever, shopping, stuff, status, um, constant motion. I think that that would probably apply to the vast majority of us. We've got a snoring dog. We do indeed. We literally put him to sleep when we're talking. Um. So I think that it's it's kind of interesting to think about that behavioral addiction. And it, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is that kind of more in alignment with what you're talking about with your own? Well, we, definitely stuff? with my own. But but my observation is that all those things that you mentioned, the behavioral mm-hmm. addictions, but also the substance addictions, mm. it feels like everything is is moving into a direction that just makes it so much more accessible and easy to get addicted. Here's another couple of examples of like specific substance type addictions that mm-hmm. I think have influenced. Like you think of vape pens mm-hmm. and, you know, the the digital diary. Okay. I've the flu- the fluoro- fluoro- bristle. <laughs> I can't talk because I'm laughing. The digital diary. Wow. The fluoro whistle. Okay. I haven't heard of any of these. I'm this very is, naive. This is the uh, Deliloquin Del- Dictionary. Uh, they Anyway, it's an Instagram uh, account that is quite funny. But so smoking, analog smoking, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like it's very smelly. It's like a process because you've got to light it and, you know, like it, it takes you away. And like society have built steps around like distancing that part of it. Like you've got mm-hmm. to go outside. You can't be in like an establishment yep. anymore. You've got to go, you know, like there's designated areas. But so what do they do? They create this thing which is, you know, vapor and, yes, it smells. It still smells and all the rest of it. But it's so more – it's so much more easy yes. to get addicted on those yep. compared to cigarettes. Yeah. Compared to – I don't know, smoking pipes compared to whatever it was, what else before, before Mm -hmm. that. Um, That's just one example. We could talk about alcohol, I guess, as well. Um, And how much more marketing exists about alcohol, you know, all the different types of alcohol available now. Like Mm -hmm. you think when we were growing up, like there was like, Four types of beer, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like there's just so much more choice and there's so many more flavours and yeah. if you don't like particular taste of this, there's always, you name it and you'll get something that there's probably going suits to be your a, palate or whatever it is. that you enjoy. All I'm yeah. saying is that over the last, let's say, 20 years, 25 years, it's just been this rush, it feels like a rush, of new, and I'll say it, particularly driven by technology that is making it so much more that is making it so much more easy or easier to get addicted mm-hmm. to substances mm-hmm. okay and then now let's talk about behaviors because that addiction as i said literally sits in the palm of your hand mm-hmm. like the mobile phone and smartphones what that's done to people's behavioural addictions, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, and I think that you can't really separate what you were just saying from um, our behaviours changing due to smartphones and the internet and everything being so fast-paced anymore because we're very used to being able to 
get the information we want, get the connection that we want, get the whatever that we want right now. Like it's in the tip, like it's literally at our fingertips and to the point where most of us can't sit through a TV show without getting on our phone and Googling what this other person's been in. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so that has bought, has played into the substances becoming more readily available and people no longer having the capacity because we don't have the capacity to sit with things or wait for things or, you know, have to go to the library and look something up. <laughs> like, yeah. And that has changed in yeah. 25 years. You know, yeah. that's changed since we've been at school for sure. Oh, for easily. Um, yeah. The influence that that has had. I just truly believe that we are – we are the guinea pigs, pigs of this social 100%. experiment yeah. that we're unwillingly <laughs> participating in. Yeah, you, like so we're you not say... supposed to. Like the 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 always on and always connected mentality. Like we, what's that going to look like in fifty years' time? Ask what, our kids. What damage is that doing? <laughs> like this is... this is the this is the big. Um, I think it's the biggest question we've got at the moment. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think that um, I had a couple of conversations with people, women, mothers actually, who are angry. Like I think the the general consensus across that group of people that I know um, is anger. And I think it's partly to do with what you've just touched on, which is um, we're aware of it as parents, as, you know, as leaders, as kind of people who now have input into the lives of younger generations, we're aware of it and we're stuck Mm. and we see that they're stuck because everything has just become so enmeshed with technology, stepping away, even, even partially stepping away feels really difficult for people to do. And for people who do have addictions to them, it feels impossible. And I resent that. And I know that a lot of other people in similar, similar situations to us resent that. Uh, and that leads to a sense of anger and frustration and, and overwhelm, which ironically then leads us to feeling completely exhausted. So maybe we go and look for a way to escape that feeling. So what do we do? Maybe people try and stay away from social media, but perhaps they shop, perhaps they Just exercise, yeah, perhaps yeah. they eat heaps of sugar, perhaps they get really addicted to um, a quest for spiritual enlightenment. Like people are searching and because we've been attuned to this idea of more, 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 now, 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 higher, 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 it's it's very rarely healthy. Mm. And I completely, I, I mean, I'm putting myself there as well. Like, So I think that there is this sense of something being really off kilter and a frustration and a, and a almost a sense of helplessness that comes from understanding that and also knowing that the question of, well, what do we do doesn't yet have an answer because you're very much in the minority. So it's, it's really, it's, it's tricky. It's very, very tricky. And it's exactly what you said, you know, the world we live in at the moment really does drive this behavior mm. um, because even if we try and step out of it, outside of work, for example, uh, you still are battling that tension between what you have to do when you are working and because of tech, uh, because of a lot of people having slightly different working situations now, working from home sometimes, whatever, the lines between work and not work are further blurred and the expectations are further amplifying that, I think, you know, um, so, yeah, there's that constant tension between maybe wanting to step away and not necessarily being able to or, or, you know, how do you dip back in and out of that in a way that doesn't send you kind of a bit mad. Yeah. With the chance of this podcast sort of spiralling into this sort of pit of despair, can we – you want to just give some, I don't know, some advice or tips for how you would – how you distance yourself from that mentality and mindset? I, I can, but I also want to just flag the fact that I don't have a lot of the same um, 
the same obstacles to this that a lot of people do. And I just doesn't mean it's not hard, but it's important for me to acknowledge that because I do work from home. I do have a lot of flexibility around my working hours um, and we're self-employed. That doesn't apply to you. you your situation is much different. Mm. But I just wanted to flag that because I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all approach. I do think that being aware of the toll that it's taking on us is really important, you know, and whether that's just adopting some practices in our days where we just check in, yeah, you know, and that can just be, it can be things like meditation or journaling or whatever, which I know I talk about a lot for good reason. They do really help me to listen in to what's happening. Uh, but it can also just be taking those small moments. Um, when I, do you feel, do you ever get that sense where you kind of feel like there's this invisible thread sort of pulling you through and like um, your behavior is not entirely your own, of your own making? Oh, a hundred percent. Right. So it's kind of learning how to recognize that, not even trying to stop it at this point, but just recognize it and recognize how often it happens. Like an example is, <clears throat> excuse me, I will get on my phone to check our bank account balance, for example. Um, and then suddenly I find myself three news websites in. I've checked, you know, I've checked in on Substack. I've done 15 other things and I never actually checked the thing that I got. Like, so that. Oh, that is so frustrating. Right. But even just kind of learning to recognize when we do that and learning to recognize that, oh my God, this thing, this, this machine in my hand and all the people who have designed it and all of the apps on it are doing a number on my brain. Like that alone is really helpful. And for me, that then allows me to get a little bit mad. Like I get a bit angry. Mm. Like screw you app developer people. Like this is my brain. This is my time. You don't get to control it. It doesn't always work, but <clears throat> I do really find that a little bit of anger helps. <laughs> It's a constructive kind of anger, I suppose, it's rather like than a hopeless reb- anger. It's the rebel behavior in you. Yeah. Yeah. you wanting to like rebel against that learnt behavior that you've learnt because of those influences. Yeah, but also not blaming myself. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's important. And we'll often say to our kids, it's not your fault that you find yeah. yourself scrolling Instagram after half an hour. You do that really well. It's not actually your fault. This is not a lack of willpower. This is not a weakness of yours. It is an entire industry, or in this case, many, many industries that have evolved to target our brains in really specific ways in order to elicit really specific behaviours. And those behaviours are very rarely for our own good. They're to make money. They're to make us feel bad about ourselves and then therefore want to buy the fix that this company offers. So, you know, finding a little seed of anger or rebelliousness in that is really helpful. I tell you what else would be really helpful. Read Jessica Elefante's new book, Raising Hell, Living Well. Like, just read that. She really unpacks all of this in a in a really cool um, digestible, honest human way. Sorry. And just to add to that, while you're recommending books, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of my mindset at the moment has been influenced by this book I'm reading called The Way Home, Tales uh, from a Life Without Technology by Mark Boyle, mm-hmm. um, given to me by a uh, friend of the show, Andy. <laughs> uh, it's truly like, it's a crazy book. It's almost anxiety-inducing the way that he talks about tech and addiction and everything, Mm. money, obsession with, like, money yeah, and spending it. Insane. Yeah. Like, insane. It's I know that he's done a lot, like, he's done a lot of, like, a year, he did a year living without money Mm -hmm. at all, like, Mm -hmm. without spending anything. Um, He's done a lot of different experiments, which is quite interesting. Um, certainly like it gives, it almost gives me anxiety reading it. 
uh, because it's so alien to you or because it's appealing but you don't ever see how it could happen or like what's what's creating the anxiety uh anxiety in that he is raising i think really valid points about what we're doing as a society in regards to our obsession with tech mm-hmm. and productivity mm-hmm. and what th- what that's actually doing to like generations to come mm-hmm. and humankind mm-hmm. And he raised that whole thing about the social, ex- this greatest social experiment that we have no way, like it's just, it's happening and we've got no say in it. That's why people are angry. That's why I'm angry. Yeah. Like. It's a fascinating book. I'm not, I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it's truly influenced the topic of discussion. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And that's an interesting time for you to read it, I suppose, because. I think going back to what you said about my comment to you, I can't exactly remember what it was, but. Well, you just said I you're think, obsessed with being busy. Yeah, right. So that had become your norm. And I think that you've forgotten what it feels like to not be. Yeah. So when that becomes our norm. So it's just a really interesting time for you to have started reading that book. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. I think it's this time of year as well. Yeah, probably. This time of year and and being very I'm I'm trying to like self-analyze here about my recent behavior this time of year for the last sort of 5 years. Mm. I reach a point of like almost having a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And it's influenced by busyness, like work and that whole thing where you've got people saying it needs to be done before Christmas. Yep. We need to get this done by the end of the year. This like fascination with this mythical date that mm-hmm. people just obsess about like the world's going to end. It's that. Uh, actually, I think like 80% that. Like it's just that and the fact that I haven't had time off for going on 12 months. Yeah. Like significant like mental time off. Like it's when I I think I'm at my darkest mentally and it's when I do I think the most amount of self thinking about seasons and we've spoken about seasons. It's my winter. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah. But probably not a, a healthy winter. <laughs> I think no. What I mean by that is, like, you can have those down seasons where you turn inward and you restore, and but Uh, you're seeing it in a decaying kind of way. Yeah, this is the start of the winter. By the end of the winter, it's been hibernation, right? But this is the this is the manic search for food before hibernation. Good lord. This is the salmon trying to go after the fattiest salmon. The bear. The bear. Yeah. Okay, so would you would you classify yourself as someone who is either addicted to or obsessed with busyness? I never thought I would. Five years ago, no, but I, I'm increasingly seeing that. Okay. Would you say that you're addicted to or obsessed with um, social media? Yes. I'm not saying any of this to point fingers, by the way. I'm just curious about where you feel like. I think we're all addicted to social media, whether we we really believe it or not. I think we're, we're – that's a really good point because I've written a list here of things that I – would admit to being addicted to or obsessed with. And I've actually included social media. I don't use it, but I know that if I did use it, it just gets its hooks straight into my brain, like within a minute or two. And, you know, I'll check in on the local Facebook community group once a week and then I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. And yet here I am. So I agree with you. And I think that that's just because that's how we have been trained to behave over the last, you know, however long Instagram and Facebook have been a thing, 20 years. Um, yeah. Do you 
ever find yourself trying to balance that obsession out with other things and like find yourself kind of flipping almost like flipping over into you know an obsession about something else yeah in order to try and balance the books yeah that's I think yes in the past I have but I think this is and this is the conundrum is that I think I'm too busy to even do that Mm-hmm. To even have the mental, like the healthy mental state, to flip it. Do do I? What character do you do you think I do? Um, no, I just see in you the same as I would see in anyone who's overwhelmed by something, is like a seeking escape, you know seeking a shortcut to relaxation or whatever. So whether it's, you know, having a beer or playing, not that, and you know what, you're actually right. You don't even have time to do these sorts of things. Like you used to quite enjoy unwinding, you play a game on PlayStation or whatever, but you don't even do that. Um, YouTube videos. Yeah. That would be my probably That's probably your shortcut, right? Yeah, yeah. YouTube videos, and it could be a number of different things, but I'm like, the thing is I, I treated it as like, oh, this is like knowledge building. Like I'm, I'm building So knowledge. even in your downtime, you're trying to be productive. And this is the productive yeah. thing. Like it's just ridiculous. What about saying yes? Do you think that that has become something that oh, you yeah. are? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You're no, certainly not alone in that. Yeah, but... addicted to saying yes. And I've got... Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's all tied in with this image of productivity, right? We're only worth what we can offer. Certainly not true, but that's sort of the mentality, I guess, the capitalistic sort of mentality that we are worth what we can produce. And the more we say yes to producing, the more value we have. Man. Like I'm lost for words about this whole subject because it is so all-encompassing. Well, I think you start to sort of analyze every behavior you have, and you're like, "Is that is that an obsession? Is that an addiction? What's driving this?" Like you go, and that's not healthy to do. Exactly, that's exactly right. I think that there's also like the the temptation to swing too far into like self-reflection and you become self-obsessive rather than self-aware you know that and I know I certainly have done that over the years with various kind of things that I've been trying to change or interested in and is that a construct because we're so now we're so much more aware of mental health and its impact on us Mm -hmm. maybe yeah Uh, I don't know it's 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 such a um It's such a riddle. Yeah, it is. Um, do you think that you can have healthy obsessions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obsession, though, is <laughs> is so closely linked to an addiction, really. Right, yeah. So behaviors or, or um, phases, I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, you can make you know, healthy choices. Mm -hmm. I think there's things that are healthier to be obsessed with than social media or gambling or porn or whatever. Like none of them are particularly healthy for us, right? So you can have obsessions like exercise or nutrition, but if they become actual obsessions, they are similarly detrimental to our mental health, our physical health. So I think that there's, you know, it's it's how how to balance that. Um, and find a way forward that is sustainable but also allows you to be human and to, yeah. you know, to dip in and out of things because I don't actually think that with a lot of these things, A, that it's possible um, and B, that it's probably healthy to completely abstain from from stuff like i truly Mm. believe that we can use social media we can you know people can drink alcohol people can drink coffee whatever and it not to become 
problematic. I absolutely believe that. So it's not about like pearl clutching and becoming the moral police. Uh, it's about finding ways to maintain like a, a healthy balance. We haven't spoken about it, but like genetic makeup and an and addiction and, mm. obsess- and obsessive behavior, mm-hmm. like yeah, addictive personalities, like how much is that like a genetic thing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a huge amount about it, but my understanding is that there, there can certainly be like a familial trait mm. towards like a predisposition yeah. to having either substance um, addiction issues or like you say, certain kinds of intensity in people's personalities that might make them more likely to become obsessive about things. But, yeah, I, I don't know a huge amount about it. I, I mean, I, I so empathise with that because I don't see myself as having those traits. But imagine if you did. And, and reflecting back on our initial sort of topic around how easy it is to get addicted. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. Thanks to the... Where, how we're living at the moment, yeah. like, and how hard that would be for those people. Absolutely, it, like just brutal. It's hard for everyone. So if you if you did have, you know, a trait that meant you were far more likely to become obsessive about things, that would be really, really, really tough. Yeah. Um. So something else that I definitely think that I, I can see in myself, uh, is an addiction or an obsession or a compulsion towards um bad news oh really Mm. oh that's a really not really insightful observation i i think that i've probably always had that but there was a couple of you know global events that really heightened it for me and probably rewired my brain in some way So the first time I remember being acutely aware of it was, actually, that's not true. Um, When Princess Diana died, I obsessed over that story. I collected all of the newspapers. I, you know, I was just, and I don't know, I was like 15 or something. I have no idea why it affected me so much. Maybe because her kids were roughly my age or something. I don't know. Um, And then September 11 attacks in the States. Same thing, kept all the newspapers for like 10 years. No idea why. Um, did you do that off your own bat or yeah. were you influenced no, to do that? No, I did. I did it myself. So that, so It's I, so weird to, to even consider and see you as hoard. Like I knew you during like when September, yeah. but I'd, you didn't tell me this. I don't think I ever thought about it. But you just hoarded that, like, wanted to, like, keep all I that. just kept stacks and stacks. I, and I don't know why. I've never really thought about why I did that. Um, maybe it felt like I, you could tell that it was a, a moment in history uh, and that felt significant. I don't know. Like, I wasn't particularly politically aware at the time or anything like that. It had nothing to do with that other than it was a very human. For me, it was all about the people. Same with Princess Diana, maybe. Um, But anyway, I was going to say that the first time I was ever aware of it was during the Black Summer Fires here where there was this rolling constant coverage. So I had my phone in my hand for probably months where it was, you know, you're refreshing the news websites every few minutes, looking for where the next alert comes, looking at the the app showing where the fire front is. Um, You know, we had the police and the fire brigade scanner running at night just to make sure that if we were going to have to leave, um, we were informed, all of that sort of stuff. And not long after that, COVID hit. And that was, again, all the news websites that I read had these rolling news blogs and they were being updated every couple of minutes. And there was, you know, um, press conferences from all the state leaders and our prime minister. And it just bought into that um, that need that I was feeling at the time, that compulsion to remain really well informed and the fact of the matter is I could have read that blog once a day and been just as informed but it was something in my brain that wanted me to keep and it's like this little like a little dopamine hit or something like that when there's oh there's a new story oh there's a new alert oh there's a new you know a new number being released and my my brain absolutely got 
got kind of caught up in that. So now I've noticed that news websites, for example, they've kept that. They've kept that live blog rolling coverage of just day-to-day news and it's interesting. They totally have. They have, yeah. yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that, yeah. that that has obviously, they're doing that because it's profitable, right? It's getting yeah. more eyeballs on their advertisers. It's, it's paying off for them, so they're going to continue to do it. Um, so for me now, it's really a matter of unlearning that, mm. that, um, that learnt behaviour and saying, okay, what's driving it? I don't really know what's driving it Um, other than, you know, I feel like to be a good citizen, you have to be informed. Maybe that's what's driving it. Maybe like I feel like a a good person if I know what's going on Uh, and I don't think that's helpful. Yeah. So, you know, that's where using tools like um, I've got this thing called Freedom on my laptop which blocks websites. Uh, I have a an app on my phone called Forest, which same thing locks things down for any period of time that I want, and that helps. Um, but I do feel, and it, this makes me angry. I feel like my attention span has shrunk oh, because yeah, of it. Absolutely, yeah. I haven't even got to that point yet, but a hundred percent. It makes me so mad. Our attention span. Yeah. So when you, I mean, at, when I wrote Destination Simple, my first book, and that came out in like 2017 or something, um, I opened one of the chapters up with a quote from this guy. I think his name's Donald Wetmore, Dr. Donald Wetmore, um, who said that, he said this in 1999, so pre-smartphones, modern humans in one day absorb the amount of information that our predecessors 50 years ago, absorbed an entire lifetime in one day. So that was pre-smartphone, pre-readily like, pre available mobile internet. It would be many, many, many times mm. that now. Mm. So our brains, I truly believe, just aren't actually that well equipped to deal with the amount of information we try and throw at it. So it doesn't it, it, it makes perfect sense that our attention spans are so and our our attention is so splintered and fragmented. Like it's infuriating, but I will sit down to try and write. And more times than not, my my thoughts are pinging everywhere. From like the news to, you know, kids to the thing I'm actually meant to be doing to the thing that I wish I was doing to like, and it's exhausting. Do you, I, f- I look at you and I feel like you're a much more efficient person than I am and more productive than I am. And it's interesting that I find that something that I feel guilty about, but do you deal with that? And yeah. if so, how do you deal with that? I do. I hundred percent do. But now I know thanks to our conversation on mental load that you do think of things that I just don't think of that I'm not consciously thinking about and that I'm not sort of jumping all over the shop. But like, I, I totally relate to what you're Mm. saying, but I don't think it's at the same level. That's interesting. So when you're pinging, your brain's pinging around, are you like, are you able to keep that to just about work? Like, are you pinging from job to job to job? No, not necessarily. Like there'll be other th- other things yeah. coming into it for sure. Yeah, um, but you know what helps, and it, it's writing a list. Yeah. It's writing it down, like just getting it out of your head. Yeah, totally. That's the that's the key for me. Uh, just sort of listening to what you were saying, and trying to think of the flip side of of all of this, and is there actual like benefits to the busyness? to the addictive personality, to the strive for more all the time? Like, are we just playing with the consequence of human evolution? That's a really good point. I mean, there's no doubt that the technological advances, the health advances, the, um, you know, understanding of of 
humans and the world around us advances have sped up enormously in the last even 50 years. And in amongst that are so many beneficial things. Like our life expectancy is is so much longer than it was. Um, you know, our understanding of health, our understanding of mental health, all of that stuff, still a long way to go, but it is far better than it was a couple of generations ago. And that's probably in part down to what we're talking about. You know, that ability to work harder and longer. But if the evolution of humanity is like this discontented, scrappy brained, frazzled, you know, soul, I, like that feels like a de-evolution like that it feels like a step backwards so I don't think it's it's a matter of like going back to how things were mm. but I also don't think that we need to just mindlessly follow wherever the tech overlords are leading us you know I think that there's got to be a different way and that's something that I keep coming back to over and over again in my thinking lately is like the old ways aren't working uh, and the current ways aren't working we need to find new ways of doing things. And I, to me, that's got to be more human-centered. It's got to be more compassionate. It's, it really has to, it has to be slower. I'm not saying to live like Mark Boyle, a life without tech. I mean, in an ideal world, wonderful. Sign me up. Yeah. But at this point in time, for the vast majority of people, it's simply not possible. Because it's kind of ironic, like... I'm reading a Mark Boyle book and he's talking about life without tech mm. and everything. Yet his book was printed on a printing press. Right. Just pre like not printing press, like a laser printer, like yeah. even more like the the next level. Um, you know, he's he's doing TEDx talks. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Like it's just so I don't know. It it's important to have, yeah, your mental whip and chair out yeah. and, and always think critically about things. But uh, there's definitely lessons in that in those books. That I totally. Think and I don't think worthwhile. that it's fair to point the finger and say, oh, he's not doing everything that yeah, he... I like, know. I don't I believe in I that. I, I don't that. like that binary. I hate that. Everything is in the grey. Everything is in the grey area. Everything is nuanced and complex. And I think if we try and simplify it, try and make it... Which social media tries to get us to exactly, do anyway. Right? That's exactly right. And I think that that's what's hugely problematic about social media. It has dumbed down our way of thinking. It has in, it has really enforced this us versus them, me versus you, in versus out mentality. Mm. And if you're not with me, you're against me and you're my enemy. Yeah. I Like that stuff yeah. does not work. And it's a very – and you and I have talk, talked about this a lot. It's a really masculine kind of energy. It's an egocentric energy. And I would, I'd be fascinated to see what would happen if all positions of power and influence in the world were overnight taken over by women. Yeah, man, that'd just be. I, I want, don't. Again, we want a social experiment. That's what I want. Like at the end of the day, that's 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 what I want. I often dream about this alternate universe, right, where you can go and experiment with things that you just couldn't do in real life, in like reality. Um, it, it couldn't happen, but like, what if, what if in this parallel universe, we snap our fingers and overnight all leaders become women or, you know, like what would that, what would that look like? Or what would happen if the internet died overnight and no one had internet? Like, I always think about that. I'd love to have like a sandbox why universe. Couldn't, why couldn't we create that universe? <laughs> create it? Well, like, like create an extra universe? Uh, well, create and this let's use the tools for good here okay let's create a digital universe what was that what was that um oh it's going back like 15 years 10 15 years ago that um alternate real like it's like the sims on the internet and it was like an your online life they yeah. did it in the office they did yeah what's that I called Half, second life second life or something life yeah i don't know anyway and uh, the other thing that got me thinking is why couldn't we do an experiment something like that where it was like it's a 
it was an on, it's an online thing, but it's the this world mapped online, and all the positions of power are women, mm-hmm. and every like major decision or you know like every decision made in this world is made in the online world, mm-hmm. and we can compare it. I mean, fascinating. I, I love playing those sandbox kind of games. Like what, those. Why, why couldn't we do that? Okay. Do you know, do you want to know why I think we can't do that? Sure. Because of AI. This is why I, I, I believe that that would play very badly in my very limited understanding of AI and the way that it's learning from everything that is put out on the internet is that it then learns from that and models on that and will probably mess it up somehow. That's. I probably Are you sound like a into conspiracy theories here. Oh, look, I'm not talking about AI now. I have many thoughts, and most of them are probably nonsensical. Other than the fact that what's happening freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about that now, though. That's another conversation for another episode. We're going to release an episode next year that is completely generated AI of our voices. Oh, look. And then at the end of the year, our audience has to guess oh my God, what episode that's so it was. Scary. That is scary. Yeah. We could do it. I don't want to. I know. <laughs> I, I don't, don't want, want to either. But. Um, but, you know, just to follow that along a little bit, it does really tie back to what you started the episode episode saying, which is so much of what is happening now is as a result of our desire for more and faster and better and, you know, the offering of AI is that it will do our jobs much quicker and will give us all this, I don't know, mythical free time. Um, and I think that's only a result of people wanting, again, more, better, cheaper, whatever. Faster. Yeah. Yeah. So what a rambling complex discussion and topic mm. and i think ultimately yeah like addiction and obsession is such an a complex a complex topic and issue and the reason why we get addicted to things and why we're so much more well easily led by addiction is thanks to the internet is my massive observation so the internet specifically, not technology in general. Sorry, I, I'll, no, no, I, I, I think I, internet driven thanks to technology advancements. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. Um, and that you know, I, I guess then the addiction is, it's such a complex issue, and there's genetic dispositions that are influencing things. There's um, behavioural. There's environmental, Mm. like all these things Mm. and we're just, we're heading to more complex cases of addiction Mm. in in future years and it's kind of like a, it's it's scary and. um, I feel like it's feeding itself. mm. You know, the more addicted to things we become, the more, um, discontent we are the more we look for comfort the more we find it in other things the more we look for it the more we discontented we could become you know it's i suppose the the question really is moving forward what do we do you know and i think that the first thing that we do is become aware of it um and maybe get a little bit angry about it and then step away Easier said than done. I know that when you're talking about brains and addictions and, you know, physical responses to things. But adding something else, adding something positive, adding something not related to whatever it is that you're compelled to do um, might help. Mm. Yeah. Put your phone down five minutes and go and sit in the sun. (laughs) Not you personally right now, but... (laughs) I'll do it. So I guess uh, let's talk about next month because that is our last 
podcast for the year. It is, yeah. I think I'd like to. I, I haven't actually run this by you. Um, this is when we decide on what we're doing. It's great. It's great. Uh, I would like to go back to what we used to do on the Slow Home podcast in December and we do like a top 10. Yes, let's do that. That's what I wanted you to say because that's my thought as well. Okay. Let's do a top 10. But it's not of... like a top 10, you know, it doesn't have to be like your basic top 10 best of sort of moments. Like what I liked about those episodes that we did, it was like best meal. Um, oh yeah, that was, know, yeah yeah favorite tiny detail book that kind of stuff yeah and it's it's always fun to look back over the year and do that um, yeah yeah we're gonna have that. to start thinking about books now because I could talk for like three hours about we'll, all the books I read this year we'll do have definitely have to do a bit more preparation <laughs> uh, and research and yeah that's a nice way to wrap up the year so it feels please nice. please join us with your um, I don't know favorite festive drink. Uh, when you're um, listening to that episode, which will be, yeah, in your ears mid-December. Well, thank you. That was a um, that was a really interesting conversation. I think I probably came out of it with more questions than answers, but that's that's a okay. Uh, if you are looking for um, links to anything that we spoke about today or, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the resources uh, to some websites, phone numbers, that sort of stuff um, for addiction, uh, head over to The Tortoise, which is at brookmccallery.substack.com. And while you're there, if you haven't already, you can sign up to receive my Thursday newsletters um, for free. Everyone, there's about 4,000 of us over there now, which is really wonderful i love that corner of the internet a lot um and then there's also an opportunity to become a paying member as well for five dollars a month um for that you also get access to workshops and retreats online that i run every few months and um, my full archive and um my sunday posts too that's the tortoise team tortoise team yeah sure (laughs) come join the tortoise team Uh, so it's brookmccallery.substack.com In the meantime, I hope you all have a really great day. Take care of yourselves. And, um, yeah, we'll catch you in your ears in a month. Catch you in your ears (laughs) in a month. Eight years of podcasting, still can't sign off. Bye. Bye.